Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy. We have to look for it. We're looking for your mercy. We're looking for you to do things for us that we so desperately need to have done. We need your mercy. We need your understanding. We need your guidance, your forgiveness, your love. We need it all, Lord. And we thank you that it's all provided in the precious blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of, from the foundation of the earth. So we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. We serve a good God, amen. And he's good all the time. We can expect good at all times. I mean, there's no reason not to. So we don't have anything bad coming to us. Amen. If bad shows up at your door, you slam the door. Just don't receive it. Amen. (laughs) Receive his goodness and his mercy. Amen. It's a good thing. So we thank God for that. So yesterday we began talking about um, by whose, whose stripes were you healed or are you healed? And so we talked about the temptation for believers to slip over into works to acquire healing from God. And and really to acquire anything from God, it's very, very tempting to slip over into works. uh, Because many times we feel that, well, we need to do something to move God. And that is true. But it has to be a work of faith. It has to be a corresponding action to your faith. It has to be something that brings full expression to our faith. And so just as James says, faith without works are dead. Uh, You show me your works without your faith. I'll show you my works by my faith. Amen or whatever. And and so uh, we we know that faith is an action word. It's something that uh, we need to express. It's something that. Uh, needs to bring our our soul into activity, bring our physical man into activity. Uh, in other words, God's waiting for us to do to make a move toward Him, so that we He can see that we really believe. There's some instances in the Bible where people came to Jesus with a need, and it says when He saw their faith. Amen. The Apostle Paul, before he healed a a lame man, it said when he saw he had faith to be healed. Amen. So faith is something that is visible either by our countenance, our expression, our words, our activities. Um, We should always be doing something in faith. Now, I'm not saying that faith, the, the actions you do, Say, for instance, you're believing God to be healed and, and there's something God, uh, you do to express that. You, you declare that you're healed. You believe you're healed. You start to do what healed people do. Well, I'm not going to quit my activity. I'm going to continue to do what I'm going to expect to get up and go to work tomorrow because healed people go to work. That kind of stuff. So those are expressions of your faith for healing. And that must be done. But then there are other expressions of faith that are not related to, like every day you can't get up and work on something for healing. You know, something may not come to you, but there are other expressions of faith that must be continued to. You know, when you get up and uh, if you need something, you you pray about it, you ask God to open the door for it, you ask for provision for it. All of these things are acts of faith which we 
need to do to keep our faith for the healing strong. So you can't just focus, you know, like target your faith on one thing, one thing alone, and don't do anything else by faith. The just shall live by faith. You live every day by the faith of the Son of God in obedience to his word and looking for the open door that only he can open. Uh, acknowledging him, allowing him to continue to show you ways that your faith can be expressed so that you can receive what he has for you. Uh, I think people miss out sometimes when they only want to focus on one thing and then they're, they're perplexed why that one thing takes forever to happen. Well, you, you parked your faith in that one garage. And you're not letting it be expressed in any other way. See, sometimes the challenge for us as believers is, can you let me have that and go do something else? Huh? Just go do something else. But do it by faith. I mean, have your heart in it and have God's plan involved in it. But we are, God wants us to have like a well a well-balanced life, a well-rounded life, a life we are engaged in so many things. The preaching of the gospel, definitely number one. You know, I've always felt that while I'm believing God for something, God, show me something to do to expand your kingdom. You know, show me how to cause your kingdom to grow. And, and the things that you desire for me to do, they come to pass. And instead of sitting brooding and, and wondering and waiting and all of that stuff, um, you know, your faith, your promise is not like an egg you got to sit on all the time. You know, you're not a, a hen trying to incubate something. You know, God has it already and it's given to us and we have to believe it's freely given. Amen. It's already given. So yesterday we, we did go over Isaiah 53, talked about how Jesus paid for Everything that we need that that uh, he is especially in the realm of healing, it speaks of that uh, healing of the soul as well as the body. Amen. Healing of our spirit to to be sin free uh, so that that iniquity is is dealt with and, and eradicated. <clears throat> we have received the atonement, which means sin has been annihilated. We are dead to sin. And we are alive unto righteousness. You know, if you focus on doing the right thing, sin does not present a problem for you. Amen. It's only what you focus on that, that gives you issues. Amen. So, so sin does not have dominion over us. It doesn't lord it all. It can't make us do what it wants us to do. In other words, can't boss us around. Sickness the same way cannot boss us around. Amen. Uh, iniquity the same way the desires that we have uh, are are can be we can focus on godly desires and not focus on things that pertain to the flesh amen and and so we have that choice now that we can freely make so that god will be glorified in what we do all the time amen all the time people god wants people to look at you and see him Look at you and see something worth looking at. Look at him and see at you and see something to marvel at, something to want to emulate. Somebody want to talk to you and say, well, how do you do this and how do you stay so calm and how do you stay this and that? That's what God wants. He wants us to live a life uh, 
that opens the door for us to be able to tell people about him uh, so that we can go forward in this life. So Jesus paid for all of that. He paid for us to be sin free. That means uh, we don't have to yield to temptation. We don't have to allow the enemy to um, uh, ensnare us and, and, you know, get us off course and off kilter. Uh, we don't have to obey him, not, not one little time. And so God gives us the option, the choice through the atonement of choosing life. And when we choose life, we choose his word. We choose his way. We choose his will. His will above our will. Amen. Because his will is the best will. It just really is. You know, we can act like we don't trust God and then you start doing your own thing and you find out you haven't gotten anywhere. You know, even as a believer and you real, you know what? I might as well let God have this. I might as well trust him through this. He must have a better plan. I can't believe I didn't think of what it was, but understand what I'm saying? He got a better plan. Trust me. Amen. All his thoughts, his throwaway thoughts are bigger than our biggest thought. Amen. The stuff that he is not real excited about <laughs> would blow our minds. So so we need to, to understand that yielding to him is a good thing. You know, it'll challenge us. It'll stretch us. It'll cause us to have to make some changes. Amen. Changes we have to make are minor. They're not major. You know why? Because we already have righteousness working in us. Unrighteousness is dead. Righteousness is what's working in us. So that makes the choice for righteousness and the the um, the desire to go forth in righteousness. It's a strong pull in us than the pull of sin. Amen. A lot of times people get deceived. The devil deceives them. And I'm not talking about people walking in deception. They're believing something that's not true and they're stuck there. Amen. So we're not people like that. We have the choice to choose life. Now, you might be scared to do it because you don't know what's going to happen if you do. But that's where faith comes in. Faith steps in. Uh, when it doesn't see anything but, you know, the word or, or but God's hand or not even his hand. You know, you just step out there because you feel a, a, um, an urgency, an unction, a leading to go in a certain direction. And you've never been there before. Well, you've never been saved before. Never been obedient before. You haven't, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, uh, 12 years old, I started smoking. And because everybody did it, I hadn't done it before, but I was stupid enough to do it. I had enough faith to do it, you know. And so there are a lot of things that we do that are are risky. You know, this is great. This isn't a great risk. You know, stepping out in faith really isn't a great risk. When you get out there and you see that there's nothing familiar out there, that's when you get scared. You know, stepping out in faith isn't really the biggest challenge because we can all do that. When you said yes to Jesus, you were desperate. So that was the only lifeline you saw and you grabbed it. Amen. And and it's the same thing with other things we do by faith. You know, sometimes it's the only lifeline we see and we grab it. Amen. And when you get out there, nothing else is familiar to you. 
So you got to call on God some more and look for something else to grab. Amen. It's called living by faith, folks, being justified. That's the way justified people live. You don't think about going back to where you came from. Amen. You know, it, it, many times God will remove that, that security blanket we thought we had. Amen. You know, you step out and, and, you know, uh, say take a job and, and you think to yourself, well, I can always go back to the other one. Can you? Huh? For you know it, that little support is yanked out from under you. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's just one of those things when God wants, God wants you fully committed to this faith walk, not with plan B and a security blanket and a safety net and all that other stuff. He wants you totally committed to the life of faith. He wants to be the only, um, only lifeline out there for you. He doesn't want you to, to have a natural lifeline back to where you came from. That's why he closed up the Red Sea and drowned Egypt, and the the Israelites saw it, but they still kept saying they wish they could go back. There is no way back. Amen? You know, people get married and start having, you know, little arguments, little troubles. And, you know, you, you, know, you look at them and, and, and you think to yourself, well, what? <laughs> I always say, you know... Your marriage isn't in trouble when somebody threatens to leave. When you offer to help them pack, you're in trouble. You got me? So until you're helping them pack and get it. Am I right, Poppy? Just just don't pack nothing. Don't encourage, don't let them pack, and don't help them pack. Amen? So, so you know, it, these things happen. It's called working out your relationship. With fear and trembling. Amen. (laughs) Now you ain't going to have your way all the time. And he won't either. That's what a marriage is. It's blending together of two two souls. God's already made you one. You just got to have faith in that. When you said I do, use one. Amen. So really you're crazy because you're fighting yourself. Should I go on, Poppy? Or should, what is, like, let it roll. Let it roll. <laughs> the Bible says a man who loves his wife loves himself. No man ever hated his own body. I don't care what they tell you. Huh? You just throw that brother down on the floor, put your knee in his back, twist his arm back, and say, take it back. You know you love me. (laughs) Amen. Well, we do it old school. (laughs) A little bit. She don't know what to say. She all confused. Well, I thought I was waiting on my husband, but I guess I'm not now. Ah, you all right. Pursue, my child. You shall overtake and recover. <laughs> she begged it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 
But I tell people all the time, there's grace on a marriage, it's not on any other relationship. <laughs> you got to believe it's there. How do you think you can make two people one person without some friction, some stretching, some fighting, some resisting, some I don't want to do that, you better not tell me that. You get all of that, but you still become one. Ah, it's glorious. <laughs> the ways of God. Amen. They're unsearchable. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> so I don't know how I got over there. Poppy drew Poppy made me go over there. Amen. Provoked me. Amen. That's what it was. But everything that we need has been paid for, including reconciliation of relationships. Amen. Been paid for. So you don't walk away from nothing. Amen. You made a vow before Almighty God. I know you're thinking about the chicken wings and you're thinking about the jumping the broom and the preacher and the honeymoon, but you made a vow before Almighty God and he will help you keep your word. Amen. That's why it's called a marriage. God instituted it. God hovers over it to keep it and to strengthen it and to make it what he wants it to be. So we just go along for the ride. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so. In in the atonement, there is everything that God demanded as payment for the broken law for anybody that's ever born. We all have sinned and come short of his glory. And so God has provided to correct and replace and really reinstitute everything that was taken from us through a life of sin, through through darkness. So Jesus then was wounded for our transgressions, amen, for the things that we did wrong, the broken law. So his wounds uh, healed us uh, from from any suffering of the broken law, verse 5 in Isaiah 53. He was bruised for our iniquities, so he was punished and beaten for our desire to sin. You know, many people think they can never quit wanting to do things. Well, you might might think about them, but you keep resisting that stupid devil, and pretty soon that desire goes somewhere. Amen. You desire to do the right thing. It says the the punishment that brought us peace with God, the Father, was laid upon him. So, God's not wanting to beat you up anymore. He's not wanting to punish. He's not withholding anything from you because you've been bad. And with his stripes, we are healed. So stripes, the definition of stripes really is wounds, hurts, and pains. He took wounding so you don't have to. He took hurt so you don't have to. He took pain so you don't have to. Amen. Uh, a stripe really, in other words, is, is an affliction either of the soul or the flesh. Amen. Now, there are certain things that we we endure uh, sometimes, but the Apostle Paul referred to them as light afflictions. There's persecution that we must go through in this life so that we can can get the the get down to where 
our our spirit is more engaged in life. Amen. See, persecution has a way of driving us back to God. It'll either drive you into compromise with with people in the world who are persecuting us, or it will drive us more into relationship with God and make us more desperate for him. And so the Bible talks about the 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 forsaking of father, mother, let go every every nobody's more important in your life than God. And you gotta prove that to him. You can't just say it. You gotta live like that every day. Amen. And so we leave mother, father, sister, brother, lands, whatever it is we have to leave and and uh, for God and we get back tenfold, thirty four forty, sixty, hundredfold in this life with persecution. So God is not gonna take something away from you or cause you to relinquish something so that he can have his way in your life and then increase you in that and let you enjoy it in the flesh that gets you in trouble so the persecution comes keep you in check amen you know you'll be going along fine then all of a sudden somebody does something and you you know want to cloud up and cry you know i didn't do nothing to nobody a slap don't require you do nothing to nobody to get slapped You're going to have your share of it. Now, you you think you didn't do anything. But the fact that you live on this earth is something you did. That's going to cause you to draw persecution, affliction. In the world, you will have trouble, period. Amen. Jesus said, cheer up. He's overcome the world. Now, he can't offer you, sparing you everything, but he can tell you, be happy going through it. Because you're coming out good on the other side. Amen. You will overcome these things. Amen. There's no such thing as you didn't do anything to anybody and somebody's doing something to you. Or something happens. You say, I wonder what I did to you live on the earth. That's what you did. You got up this morning. You came out of your house. That's what you did. Amen. You showed up. That's what you did. Amen. (laughs) Show up in faith, not in fear. A lot of times people are so afraid of stuff, the stuff just falls on them. (laughs) You know, fear puts a big target on your back. Amen. You just think you, you can walk perfectly in this life and nothing bad will happen to you. That's not true. Amen. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It keeps you in works is what it does. Amen. I'm I'm looking for the grace of God to get me from point A to point B. Amen. <laughs> we get into works because we think people are watching us. Or we you you're too people conscious to serve God. You know, and, and the devil will put people dog your trail. Trying to keep you over in the man pleasing. Amen. You know, people say things about you behind your back and, you know, she don't like people. She ain't nice. She mean. Trying to get you to bend to them and they don't even stay in your church. 
they come in there for about a month and, and badmouth you and get everybody else riled up. And they didn't move down there on assignment. Amen. We don't have enough sense to know it. <laughs> Understand this. Whatever you do wrong, your sins are forgiven. You don't have to please any man, any time at all. You please God. He says if your ways please him, he will cause your enemies to be at peace with you. You got to look for that. You can't be sitting up waiting for people to approve of you. Are you kidding me? They'll ground you and the, they'll crush you in the dust. They're looking for people who will play that game with them. So you don't play that game. You please God. You stay focused on what God wants you to do. Amen. It's it's hard to live under the tyranny of trying to please man. So get yourself out from under that. Like you don't abuse people, you don't treat them wrong, you don't, you know, but you pretty much can ignore people and please God and, and be okay with people. You understand what I'm saying? Because people like to, they like to take down leaders. You know, God had to show me that when we first started this ministry. Everybody thought I was mean. Uh, Pastor Shirley, nice. Pastor Bar, she mean. Oh, you know how Pastor Barb is. <laughs> Why? Because I'm in charge of everything. And if they can break you down, they'll tear up the church and leave you broken down and go tear up someplace else. They don't stay anywhere, them kind of people. Amen. So you have to learn how to stand your ground. You know, let people know, hey, your sin, are your sins forgiven? Well, mine are too. Oh, you don't know yours are forgiven? Well, this that, that kind of stuff don't work on people who know their sins are forgiven. See, that kind of mouth mouth stuff doesn't work on people who know God. That's why, you know, sometimes people can, can mess up and God will bless them and the people, religious people, just are watching them. How she get all that? And she mean and she don't talk to nobody and she don't... Huh? I know a secret you can know. If you get in your Bible and get out my face, you can know something. Huh? Like, you know, Mary washing Jesus' feet with her tears. She was all out of order. Just every, every kind of way out of order. Here's a holy man, and she touching all over him and just crying and weeping and his, huh? And the religious people like, ew, make her get away. You know what kind of woman she is. Yeah, she's somebody whose sins are forgiven and she loved me <laughs> for forgiving her. That's all that matters <laughs> is that we love Jesus. Amen. That's all that matters. <laughs> Even the religious can love Jesus. They can be converted. So <laughs> praise God. Amen. So our sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. Everything. Don't run around trying to figure out what you did 15 years ago and trying to look somebody up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, understand the things that that you need to do that will liberate your soul and will bring grace into your life. You know, there are some people that that we need to make peace with. We need to. You got family members. You got parents that you've you've 
you know, walked away from or treated bad or something like that or children you have misunderstandings with you've got to 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 pray to mend those relationships and god will make it so that you can have relationship and be reconciled where nobody's mad at anybody anymore and everything's forgiven you know when when children be adult children be careful going to your parents trying to get understanding or whatever you know go in peace don't go ask god first to open that door don't go to your parents want to talk about old times and then you start pointing the finger at them stop that stuff that stuff is no good that god's not in that he wants peace he wants you to go to him and forgive people and then you can open up a refreshed and renewed relationship with them Amen. Sometimes you don't have to mention anything in the past. You ever tried to tell somebody, I remember when so-and-so and such-and-such, they said, no, I don't remember that. Yes, you do, because you did this and you did that. Cut it out. God has blessed them with the gift of forgetting. Let those people forget. Amen. As a Christian, we should know better than this kind of stuff. forgetting a big part of of your restoration and it's a big part of atonement amen you know when when joseph was was persecuted by his brothers left for dead all that that's big stuff now i don't know many people that had all that happen to him and for years he had no life of his own it was in prison falsely accused and he, and he did stuff right and still wrong stuff happened to him. You see him praying, asking God, what door did he open to? <laughs> Come on, you just keep moving. Amen. You just try to live from day to day in the joint. That's where your focus has got to be. <laughs> But when he when he did come out of prison, he he came out and God started to restore him. And he got married and had two children, Ephraim, uh, and then he named the other Manasseh because God had started to heal him. And Manasseh means God has caused me to forget my toil and my labor and, and the hard things. But still, when his brother showed up, he wanted to kill him. You understand what I'm saying? God caused him to forget the toil, but his heart still had vengeance in them. So we got to let God continue to work. We got to give him a chance to work on people and situations and, and all of this stuff. You just can't go blasting in somewhere. I'm a Christian now and I got to. Be friends with everybody, make peace with everybody. You, you let God do, do this, you know, let him because they're entitled to be healed just like you are. And, and I think until Joseph's brothers were, 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 you know, I mean, probably he'd look at one of them and even after they had started living with him, you know, in Egypt and being taken care of and all of that, you know, one brother go by and he said, that's the dude that threw me in. And I got six eunuchs here. You know, they don't do number work out all the time. 
I could get one of them to throw him off a cliff somewhere and I'll be over with, you know. And so we we have to allow this this atoning work to work. Amen. It's got to work in us. It's got to work in other people. It's got to work in situations. Uh, you don't want people to just instantly like you. Cut that out. Sometimes you you have to endure their dislike and make a judgment as to how important it is to you. Amen. So so I mean God'll straighten these things out. If you let him go, he'll take them and he'll straighten them out. He'll get everything straightened out for you. Amen. The stuff that needs straightening and, and don't badmouth people and don't put them down and say they ain't worth your time and all this kind of stuff. Cut that out. Jeez. We're Christians, remember? It says he was oppressed in verse 7 and afflicted. So that means you don't have to be either of those. Now, the affliction comes at the command of God. He, you know, there's some things that he kind of makes you wait on or do without or, you know, you got to put them in order of of uh, his priority in your life. Amen. So your wants will hurt you. You know what I'm saying? That's the affliction. I remember my mother used to say, we say, Mama, I want to, you ain't too old for your wants to hurt. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's part of, of life, part of Christian life. It says, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, he opened not his mouth. Had he opened his mouth, that wouldn't be paid for for us. He had no reason to, actually, because his the sin wasn't his. You don't defend yourself unless you've done something. Amen? So he didn't have to defend himself. He knew he was there to allow things to happen to him on our behalf. And he says, uh, he opened not his mouth. So in verse 10 yet, it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why? Because that was our freedom. God took one man and allowed him to pay the price for an unlimited number of souls. Wouldn't that please you? You get that many for one? And he says, when you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He also shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. So this is to take care of your worries, your fears, anything that you keep tossing back and forth in your mind and you can't get relief from it. You can because he took that for you. Amen. So this is to take care of the little worry warts who feel like if they don't stay up, up worrying about this for a certain number of hours, it won't get done. Amen. It says, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Amen. It says, and therefore I will divide him a, a portion with the great. Well, he's the greatest. Amen. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. That's us. Amen. His descendants are the strong because he has poured out his soul as a drink offering unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors and bare the sins of many and made intercession while he was on the cross for the transgressors. Amen. 
and he still does he still does when jesus prays for us when we step out of line he prays for us and brings us back into line with the father amen that's why he forever lives to make intercession for us we're not just forgiven because we jump back over the line he prays us back there the reason you have a mind to repent is because of his prayers amen if if that weren't true you try it without his prayers see how far you get amen and so god's mercy comes upon us because of his ministry amen in our lives and so he was wounded for us not for himself he never owed anything for his own soul because he never sinned so in this way he qualified as a substitute for all humanity so he owns healing because his soul paid for it his stripes paid for it his suffering paid for it everything he did paid for it so he owns it if he paid for it he owns it you got to go to him for it you can't go anyplace else for it so we receive atonement when we say yes to jesus's offer to take all penalty curse everything from us there's nothing nothing else that's legal for us to carry in this life except eternal life so he paid the penalty purchased us out of the power that and imputes righteousness to us what more could you want amen if we were just forgiven we'd be in bad shape because we wouldn't be able to do anything right so it's his imputed righteousness that motivates us causes us to think right talk right desire right act like right all of that his righteousness gives us right thinking behaving amen that's why you you glory in the fact that your sins are forgiven because righteousness is now imputed so now you have you can serve the living god because number one your conscience is purged from dead works so your mind changes to want to do the right thing before god then because jesus comes to dwell in us in the person of the holy spirit we are empowered and motivated to do right things so we're not just sitting around forgiven with nothing to do we now have a ministry in god we now have a ways to ways that you can think to bless people to help people to encourage people i mean it's a whole change of of who you are how you think if you think different you're going to come up with some ideas that are going to to do no harm amen you're going to come up with ideas to help and not hurt amen to be more like like christ would be amen you know they had that bracelet out some years ago what would jesus do if you got to ask yourself you need to get saved am i right poppy am i wrong right or wrong because the holy spirit is knocking on the door of your heart every dollar hey get up we got stuff to do come on here i got stuff for you to do you know what he would do you don't have to think about it that is made for us by some sinners had to have been amen so when we need healing finances peace of mind reconciliation reconciliation of relationships how do we attain it we attain it by faith you must desire what you're believing god for you've got to desire that turn to hebrews chapter 11 
verse 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hoped for, hoped for, hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Oh, I got to please God. Yes, you do. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists and he's alive now and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, if you don't think your faith is, is going to do anything for you, you won't use it. If you don't want what you say you're believing God for, you won't get it. See, married people who don't really want a good marriage, don't don't sit up and say you standing in faith for your marriage or you praying for it because you ain't. Because you're double minded. You're ready to jump out the door. You know what I'm saying? You just got to find out where you're going to land. The minute you get that figured out, you book it. Know what I'm saying? So don't come to me for prayer. Come to me and tell me you're standing in faith for your marriage. The next thing I know, you're divorced. Amen. You've got to want this. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. So suppose you don't want to be married anymore. You've got to ask God to change you. You've got to throw yourself on, on the horns of the altar. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You got to throw yourself. You need to do. You can't pray a prayer of agreement or a prayer of reconciliation. You can't pray none of that yet. You got to, you got to be changed. And most people want to be married. If you didn't want to be married, you wouldn't have stood up there and said, "I do." Uh, you little liar. We know you want to be married. You just want your pride. And, like they don't want me. Well, in the condition you in. <laughs> No. A manicure and a pedicure and that ain't gonna help <laughs> that ain't gonna help what I'm looking at. You know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. Girl, get it together. You need some spiritual grooming. Huh? A merry heart, a cheerful countenance, something. You know, let's let's get a start. Let's get a jump start. You know, Christians, some of us need to be defibrillated. (laughs) Serious. Everybody stand back. Boom. She's back. (laughs) Color ain't good right now, but she's back. Got a faint heartbeat. Uh, You just let your heart turn to stone. Amen. It can be brought back. The blood is that powerful. It continues to cleanse and restore and renew. (laughs) We need to retrieve some stuff. So faith is substance of something you want. You're hoping for. You want it to happen. Amen. 
And it's evidence of stuff you don't see yet. If your marriage is in bad shape, faith will give you evidence of something that's pretty good. You'll have evidence of a brighter day in there. You'll have evidence of being friends, at least saying hi to each other. Amen. You know, these people will say, well, we're we're good friends since we got divorced. You ain't friends with nobody that you. We get along better now. I don't know why. You, if you're doing this now, you divorced, you could have done it when you were married. She asked me. That's just my humble opinion. You know, the devil will make you look stupid, crazy, and say stupid and crazy things. So faith is the way to receive everything that we need from God. Everything. I don't care what you can do in the natural. It's better if you let God do it. It's better if you have faith in his word. It will turn out better. You will have less trouble uh, with it, maintaining it, receiving it. Everything is better if you do it in faith. Now, there are some things you don't have to pray about. If you walk in the room, got to sit down in a chair, you sit down. You use your natural faith for that. But but things that, that pertain to life and godliness, pretty much, uh, you can put everything before the Lord. Ask for his leading. You don't ask him if you can have everything or that kind of stuff, but ask for his leading. You know, I'll go in the closet. I said, God, all these clothes staring at me. Please help me pick out something. You know what I'm saying? Let it look halfway decent. Amen. And and so just small things like that include God and he can he'll help you with it. And it's part of our spiritual training. We're being trained to depend on him more and more and more. You You, you don't you can't. Depend on him too much. Amen. So when we need healing, faith is the only way. Works will not accomplish healing. Amen. You may get through work some alleviation of symptoms. You might get some relief. But there's no healing there. If you take a pill, it wears off after a while. If you put on a Band-Aid, that, you got to pull it off. So so faith is the only thing that will accomplish the finished work, will, will um, yeah, bring you into the finished work that God has for us. And the finished work is always superior to anything in the natural. Amen. So works will not accomplish our healing. Many times we are trying to receive through our own stripes. Amen. The wounds, hurts and pains that that we uh, uh, put upon ourselves, you know, I'm 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 not going to eat anything until, you know, I get this, or t- you know, it, this it it's wrong. Now fasting is right, but that attitude about it is just wrong. Amen. Uh you're trying to press God to give you something like you're on a hunger strike or something. So we can't do that. We we have to go to him. If God says fasting is going to, to help you, and we all know it does, you know, you do it some and, and you can pray in tongues a little longer. You can, you, you know, your your spirit man will start to get energized and start to see possibilities that you couldn't see before. All that's good and is a result of fasting. But pretty much God wants us to fast from the ways of the world, man. If you could just... 
put away the pointing of the finger blaming people and pointing out flaws and faults and all you put that away you be on cloud nine amen because god detests that you're judging in areas where you're not qualified to judge amen so so that kind of stuff the 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 attitudes of the heart the expression of negative heart attitudes you know we've got to fast from those things amen and so once we understand that then we can 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 um motivate ourselves in a greater way when we are fasting you know and take it out of works and put it over into the realm of the spirit where it's just obedience simple obedience to the spirit of god amen sometimes you feel more inclined to want to you feel more secure in your faith sometimes doing certain things you know and and fasting can be one of those you know it can be a good thing i i I would was joking that one time i was reading charlene steinkamp the one who does the rejoice marriage ministry and uh i was thinking i said wow i said she said she always stressed fasting and prayer fasting and prayer and how she prayed for her husband he you know came back home he had left her was with some other woman or something and repented came back home and began to be a very very powerful man in god part of that ministry he openly shared everything you know how god spoke to him at different times and she was praying and all you know all of that stuff god reckoned see that's reconciliation where you can be open and honest and see god in it and not be still bickering and carrying on all that so anyway um after that and so i was thinking i said wow i said look at the results she got i said i gotta look, look up what she did she always stressed fasting and prayer and i thought she was gonna say well i fasted for 30 days at a time one meal a week one meal a week for those of you who are afraid of the word i'm thinking come on god one meal a week yep you know why because she went to god about it that's what he gave her because he knew what she could do so he won't give you anything more than you can do fasting is not just some instant way to everything it has to be god directed so that so that you can accomplish what god wants you to do so i said well god if that was good enough for her i'll take that when we need something we can do one meal a week you know people in the ministry can do that we used to fast remember before the empowerment meeting nothing by mouth after midnight until the next morning then i saw people getting off the bus going in buying food i said i'm i'm killing somebody i don't know who it is but i'm killing somebody and then come in and eat your bagels then got two meals am i right poppy or what the bus driver would have had to shoot somebody to keep them out of the the line come on y'all but see when you need something you want people to pray for you and you want them to be sincere about it the works door swings both ways folks so we need healing faith is the only way amen works will not accomplish it 
your wounds, hurts, and pains, you know. I don't care how much you want that hamburger and you put it down real loud so God will hear you. Okay, the fries to God. Uh, You're not paying for anything. Our suffering never does. Amen. Our afflictions are needed for God's purposes. Sometimes he'll let you know why you're afflicted. Sometimes he won't. Amen. We just have to go through, know that he will bring us through because his end is peace with us. Amen. He will bring us back to our peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Everything intact. So when we, when we receive, when we need healing, we can consider many things like medicine, doctors, health cures, but only his, his work not ours, will accomplish it. Amen. So anything you do outside of, of faith is works. Amen. Works, I said, will bring alleviation of symptoms and, and sometimes peace in your body. They will help you to not to be pain-free and, and sometimes to be symptom-free. But steps and formulas will not do it. Your works will not do it. And, and temporary Stopgap measures will not do it either. Now, there are some people that their faith never gets to the point that they can get off pills. You understand what I'm saying? That's okay. Don't condemn yourself because you take a pill. Just get with God and find his heart in it. Find out how he can help you because he wants you to be well. That's the whole thing. You and God want the same thing for you. Amen. That you want to be well. We're looking for works to to take the place really of imputed righteousness we turn to works when we are not sure that that uh the righteousness of god is really all that we need amen we want to add something else to it jesus told his disciples that unless their righteousness you know speaking about works versus imputed righteousness matthew chapter 5 you can turn there He made this statement, which kind of puts everything in perspective, I think. Matthew chapter 5 and 17, he says, don't think that I'm come to destroy the law, law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy them, but fulfill them. So we said that once God saw that a man could fulfill the law, He allowed the law to be done away with. No need for it anymore. It's been fulfilled. It says, for truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle in in the law shall pass away till all be fulfilled. Everything has to be fulfilled because it's prophecy. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach other men to do so. Hmm. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed that, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So what Jesus was telling them, the most The most legalistic holy people keeping the law are the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, you've got to have a righteousness that exceeds theirs. 
So at, at that time, their righteousness was excellent. They obeyed the law. They did. And Jesus said, there's a higher righteousness. Hmm. Wonder what that could be and where you could get it from. So really, when we go back into works, we're trying to do the law again. But Jesus said, your righteousness on that level is not going to cut it. It's got to exceed that. Amen. So the only way it can exceed it is that you've got to get it imputed to you and not through works, but through faith or through grace that works through faith. Amen. And so he he lets he puts all of that in perspective. Stop trying to do this and believe in the one who accomplished it perfectly. This is what tripped up the scribes and Pharisees about Jesus. They couldn't see how he could be approved of God. They watched everything he did and everything his disciples did. And they, you know, oh, he's messing up everything now. People are following him and he's not doing right. And how's that? Anybody ever been persecuted like that? Amen. Amen. People watch you and see how you, they wait for you to do one thing wrong or what they say is wrong. And then they're all over you. Amen. And so the, the Pharisees were like that. They they didn't understand faith. They didn't understand grace. They didn't understand mercy. They understood the law. And they didn't really do that perfectly. Because Jesus pointed some things out that they did. And the way they treated their parents, took everything away from their parents and told them, oh, I'm a priest and you're giving a gift to God because I'm a minister. of you." Got it. So so you just <laughs> try as you might legally. You can't do what what faith in God will do. So he wants us to drop our legalism, drop our works, drop everything that we're trying to do. And then begin to believe on him. Just believe in what he did. Believe in, in the fact that he is was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes we were healed. And we are healed now. So we need to declare that. We need to tell the devil that. We need to tell our, ourselves that. Amen. So so we we need to work on work on working our faith. Amen. Amen. So, amen. When we come to Christ, sometimes it gets more difficult to stay out of works. That's why a lot of people just wind up in religion. They they don't understand faith. They don't want to believe that they have a lot to learn, whatever it is. And they'll wind up being in works because it's easier. Once you're saved, you get this sense that you are forgiven. And you, you, you have his imputed righteousness in you. And that will start to motivate you sometimes to take over and act like you can do it. Because you, you've been doing good things in God. And, and it's easy to drop faith and pick up works because we've been forgiven, because we have a history now with God. We do certain things. We worship him. We serve him. We give tithes. We go to church. We do this. We do that. And we can start relying on ourselves and slip it over into works that way. Amen. Getting in a hurry for something, not resting in God, is a big uh, no-no because it will put you over into works. Whenever your mind leaves faith and starts wondering and wandering, amen, 
you're subject to get over into that. And so you just got to slap yourself every morning and say, God, I am not trusting in my own works. I am trusting in you. I'm fully persuaded that what you promise you are able to perform. Amen. So I do the believing. You do the performing. I do the believing. You bring it to pass. I do the believing and you do the manifestation. Amen. So in many times we we get into works not in a bad way. You know, usually people, Christians will stumble into stuff innocently in a lot of ways because believing that your healing has to be paid for is not wrong because it does. Believing that you got to do it is what's wrong. See, it's you got to believe it's already done. Amen. So even just our knowledge of certain issues surrounding it can take you either down the road of righteousness or down the word of road of works and religion so works indicate that we think our stripes or our sufferings are something we can do besides believing amen will pay for our healing so healing has to come on jesus's terms why because he owns it and he in and he talks about works works canceling out faith so we have to avoid works like the plague what do we do we trust him we trust his word talk to god begin to expand your understanding of things you know um uh when i was thinking about healing coming on jesus's terms it reminded me of that um, the um, testimony of norval hayes remember he said jesus got in the room and that little girl tried to get to him and and he wouldn't come any further with her reaching. And finally, she laid back in the chair exhausted because she had stretched as far as she could could to get him. And he said, I did that to demonstrate that human effort is no good to get a miracle or to get your healing. He let that little girl and you look at, come on, Jesus, a little mercy. Step up there and let the kid touch you. No, it had to be done on his terms, even with a child. So now that's burned in her spirit that she didn't, there was nothing. She, she said, he wouldn't even let me reach out and grab my healing for him. I see that scriptural before the cross. Hey! Remember that. The woman with the in then, but we're at the cross now. Human effort means you don't touch the hem of his garment. You believe it's already done. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, so these works of faith versus works of the law or works of our own mind that we think will help us will exhaust us just like that little girl we won't be able to touch jesus like that amen but we can definitely touch him with our faith amen amen um even our acts of faith can turn into works reading the word confessing the word going to church paying our tithes you got to make sure that everything you do is done through his imputed righteousness, that it's purposeful. Amen. If you're listening to the word, the Bible says, give it your full attention. 
not partial attention. It'll pay off if it's full attention. Amen. Confessing the word. If you're doing it by faith, Lord, I thank you. I bless you and I praise you. I thank you, Lord. My healing is done. I saw that in the word this morning. It's paid for. It's taken care of. I have it now. If it's paid for, there's nothing holding you up from possessing it. And get this in you once and for all. There's nothing wrong with your faith. We don't have ye of little faith anymore. We don't have. This is the faith that was delivered to the saints. This is something that hasn't been tampered with, damaged, taken away from, diminished in any way. It was given to us as our inheritance to do everything we need to have done in this life. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the faith of the Son of God. Your faith is in God. It it better not be in you. Take you out of it and everything will work right. We take ourselves out of it, it'd be just fine. Amen. The person who gets healed comes to get what God has promised and is not trying to earn a healing through stripes, works, good behavior. It behave now. That just gets you in the door. The goodies come by believing for the goodies. Amen. You can give more money. Now, I've had some times where, where I, I sensed by the spirit that certain things were broken and doors were open through financial giving. But I didn't give it just because some preacher, you know, said, send me this and, and, and God will do this for you. You understand? I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. That works for some people. Amen. But you have to know the difference between when the Holy Spirit is moving you to do things. Amen. The reason you can listen, the way you can tell, the way I can tell sometimes when God is telling me to do something financially, it hurts a little bit. That $50 or $52 or 50, 60, that, that don't hurt you no whole lot. But God tell you to give a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. Now that's gonna hurt. That registers with you. You look at your bank account and you see where it came down by that much. Mm, you remember that? Amen. It impressed me. It impressed God. It impressed the devil. It impressed everybody. It's got to be that way. You got me. Now your regular giving to support what God does to feed you. That's in one one category. Keep doing that. But things that you that's going to bust that devil's head open and shock him to death. You say, I don't believe she did that. Guess what, devil? I'm going to do it again. You got me? So sometimes we need to do that. I'm not saying that's an everyday thing. It's not a regular thing. But sometimes you need to do. You Listen, I'm not leaving no money here. You understand what I'm saying? Between me and God, we've decided how it's all going to work out. It's going to be up there. Amen.
And don't nobody come to my deathbed trying to see what I got left. I felt that. Stop it. It's not nice. It won't do me any good once I'm up in heaven. You understand me? Amen. But I can use it down here to punch the devil's lights out. Time I need want to hurt him, I can do it. Amen. So the person who gets healed knows he does not qualify through his own righteousness. Amen. But he must trust in the righteousness that comes through faith. That's where the power is. That's where the open door is. That's where the no no bars, no hindrances. That's when righteousness comes. That's when the door swings wide open for everything that you need. And it comes through faith in God, just trusting in his word. When you read that word, believe it's going to happen just like he said. Amen. The work on the cross is full payment for everything we need, and we trust God alone. Amen. Until we receive the full manifestation of our healing, we have to trust God and and trust that he will give us contentment while we're in process of receiving the full manifestation. Amen. I took the word wait out of my notes because it just has such a negative connotation with people. It it conjures up the thing of where you're just hanging around for no reason. No, you're you're building your faith. There are things that you're doing, amen. You're waiting on God. You're listening to him. And so God needs to get you to a place of contentment until the full manifestation comes. That means he will take care of your pain. He will take care of your your affliction, take care of your suffering. You can look forward to it being a better day for you while until you get that full manifestation. But believe every day that it will come to pass. Amen. Because the Bible says it. Mark eleven twenty three says it. You must believe that the things that you say will happen. Amen. I am healed. I have no more symptoms. Amen. And you got to believe it's going to happen. You can't just throw it out there and let it sit idle. It's got to be faith to it. And you got to believe that God is, is working on it now. That's why I take the word wait out. It's like, well, who's doing something? How, where's my prayer? What's happening here? God's working on it all the time. Amen. So these are the tender mercies of God that encourage us while we're believing God for the total manifestation, while we're standing. Uh, we have to live in the mercies of God. Amen. And if it gets hard some days to say, God, I need your mercy, you know. He probably wants to hear from us. You ever think about that? He said, you know, let me let them ask for it. Let me let them use their faith for it. Amen. Sometimes we we need to wait because we lack patience. That's a fruit that has to be developed in us. Amen. Without patience, you won't stay anywhere. Amen. You get married one week and and want to go to divorce court the next week. You got me? And so you have to patiently endure, you know, and you're not, if you're in a a testy marriage, you're not enduring them, you're enduring you. Huh? You know, you're not done. If 
you know, some people, you know, they get angry, their hair starts standing up on their head and stuff like that. And you ain't ready for reconciliation until it's laying down halfway without none of that stuff you got to put on there, the edge keep. And you ain't just keeping your edges, you keeping your whole head right about what am I right, Poppy? She, she all over the place. Huh? It's the truth. Oh, God's working on you. He ain't working on your spouse. That goes for the men too. Amen. Working on everybody. You just stay, you just stay in your little box right there. Stay content. You know, if you got to shorten the chain on your, on your leash, you know, just shorten the chain up so you don't go too far out. You know what I'm saying? Put the choke chain on. Amen. Amen. It's worth it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Your soul look back and wonder, how did I get my hair to finally lay down on my head? <laughs> Why don't we quit? Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the blessings that come with your covenant of peace the coming your covenant your your blood paid for a covenant it's a guarantee everything in there is guaranteed to us we can never walk away from your promises because we got them already if you got jesus you got his promises you got your inheritance we don't need to let go of anything or look for anything else we have found the one that our soul longs for amen we have found him and so we thank you, Lord, for blessing us, helping us, keeping us, keeping us right, in right relationship with you, in right standing, right understanding, in a right place, in a right frame of mind, in a mind to want to serve you, in a mind to want to bless everybody, bless others with our words and with our presence. With the things that we hold dear, that we can give them away so that others can be blessed. And we're thankful for that. We bless you, Jesus. We magnify you and we praise your holy name. We praise the name of Jesus. Magnify the name of Jesus. We lift you up way high. You are the most high God. You made us. You created us. And you're recreating us again. You never get tired I'm working on your bride, and we so love that about you, Lord. So continue to develop us, Lord. We give you freedom to give us everything that you have planned for us in this life and eternal life in the one to come. We honor you and we love you for it. In Jesus' name, praise God, and amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray her for you.
your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. 